This little light of mine. Welcome to the Witness to Love podcast, where we discuss the transforming power of authentic witnesses and community that marriages and families create for our church and world. I'm Mary Rose Verrett. And I'm Ryan Verrett. We are a Catholic married couple seeking to draw other married couples closer to Christ. We release a podcast every third Thursday of the month. Thank you for tuning in. We're so glad you are here. Welcome back to the Witness to Love podcast. This is episode three. We're glad you are joining us today. So what are we talking about? Today we're talking about uh, sort of a follow-up conversation that Mary Rose and I want to have with you uh, that sort of picks up where Greg and Julie Alexander left off. And I'm not sure if you had any time to sort of look into a little bit more about Greg and Julie and their work and their service uh, to the church and to couples, but it's a uh, unique mirrors. How did you, you came in, you don't know them years ago, right? You know, probably over 10 years ago, I was at a conference and I, I'd never heard of them. And, uh, I, they were up on the stage giving their testimony and I was just blown away by, by their story. And, you know, you, they shared their story in the video. And if you haven't watched the video for this month, go back, pause, <laughs> go back and watch Greg and Julie's video. It is amazing. It's such a good video. But but their story of kind of how they, they drifted apart in their marriage and just the uh, their hearts really becoming hard uh, towards each other instead of tender towards each other in marriage and, and just the healing that took place um, over time as they journeyed back together. And just we, we, we know that every couple in some way, whether you've been married uh, a week, a month, a year, 40 years, that there is there has been a time like in your relationship even when maybe when you were dating but there was a time where maybe you you had a misunderstanding or or you were tired and cranky or you, somehow you grew apart but where where there there was uh, you paused for a moment and you just kind of felt in your heart uh, a little bit of, of reluctance and turning back towards your spouse with a whole heart and um obviously that comes a lot from just our, our wounds as human beings but we just we wanted to go kind of a deep dive on that today and just to, as to recall that we are in the uh, this is the third podcast um, of the year belonging this five year marriage movement initiative to uh, to help newly married couples to help existing married couples really just expand on the on a weekly um, connect each week to connecting Christ to connecting each other and uh, to always remember what brought us together which is the Lord and one of the most essential aspects of this our marriage is going to be this uh, sense of belongingness and that. That Greg and Julie really pick up on, and I, I want to just uh, refer to something that uh, they touched upon, but that makes so much sense uh, in our patron Saint John Paul II, kind of the work on theology of the body, and this sort of initial experience in the Book of Genesis, uh, Genesis chapter one, where uh, God says it's not good for a man to be alone. It's not good for anyone to be alone. It's it's so fitting during this year of belonging. To to be means to to exist or to. To, uh, to kind of be in the place of uh, not just longing, but it's sort of a being being connected. I never really thought about that that way, by the way. Just oh. like be longing, right? Yeah, like exactly. To be in a place it, of longing, yeah. But feeling like that need is being met, and it's the re- and the, there's a reason why that word fits, and we'll talk about it. Well, I'll just kind of this this the, the this thank you, Mary Rose, for <laughs> the, uh, appreciating that. But the the idea is that. When you are in the presence of, of goodness and of, of love and of anything that's true and beautiful, it awakens 
in us something, and it awakens mm-hmm. in us that uh, sense that uh, of of longing. It awakens in us. It, it moves us as we talk about in in witness to love all the time. We we go from from a wandering around, uh, not really having a, a compass in life, to seeking, and uh, and so that's really what's taking taking place here at a at a deep spiritual level in each one of our hearts when we come into the uh, presence of God. Uh, and we and we do come into the presence of God in our friendships, particularly in marriage. Um, but I think what Greg and Julie were were hinting at is that it's not just a uh, a sense of belonging that just feels some particular need that I have or that our my spouse has, marriage has, or or someone else. But it actually moves you from just uh, uh, kind of an internal um, gratification experience. To something of service, and he said, "That's what he said, is that it moves us uh, from not just being loved, but to go out uh, in love, and and it's a love that's creating and redeeming." I I love like again go back to the be longing like when you when you feel when you feel safe and secure and valued and like just that your existence matters, um, and then you bring sort of that into the presence of God, right? Or, or you, or the presence of someone who's just loving you and affirming you in that. Like, I love all the things that Greg and Julie share about, you know, how can I serve you, right? It's, that's not like, uh, serving you like a plate of food, although that can be part of it, but like, how can, how can the way that I love you uh, mirror God's love for you? Like, how can the way I love you lift you up? Right. So when you, and when you, in a kind of a, a practical way, when you belong it looks like something, right. and it sounds like something. Um, and what Greg was, uh, he, he told this story, which was really uh, interesting. I don't know if anybody <laughs> picked up on it, maybe because he was a guy, and I was like, wow, this sounds amazing. <laughs> and uh, Maris does this in her own particular way. But he said, he said, I guess early on in their marriage, he was playing basketball, and he was at uh, North Carolina. And um, obviously ba- basketball was huge, and he was... Uh, saying that one of his buddies said, you know, after the game, you should, why don't you come out and have a few beers with us? And he's like, Greg was like, oh, you know, I don't, I don't think so, not this time. And and the guy's like, why? And he said, well, look, let me just explain to you. He said, uh, he said, you know, I have Julie is at home, and uh, you know, I know when I get home, uh, I'm gonna, probably, I'm gonna need to clean up. She's gonna have a bath drawn uh, with, with filled with water, and she's gonna have something for me to drink. And she's gonna have clean clothes laid out for me and dinner, and she's gonna hug me and kiss me, and uh, all those things that I appreciate. And he's like, "Why would I want to go hang out with some buddies in a bar when I can go home and spend time with Julie?" And it was so interesting. But you know that really. But it's if you listen to to Greg and you listen to his story in the personal way that Julie understands uh, how he he values love and service. You you hear a man kind of in his own heart basically saying. How God is providing for them, like He's He's uh, He's hearing this this message, but He also knows He has a duty to kind of go to go back home to them. No, and it's uh, the just that that story when He was telling, I was kind of chuckling yeah. <laughs> because you know I think men and women both like I, I can think of times where you know whether I've been you know out of town and or you've been out of town and like it's that coming home and I, I can't remember when it was, but there was a time I came home from a trip and. Uh, I remember you and the kids had made like all these welcome home mommy signs yeah. and there was like a banner welcome home mommy and the kids had like tried to cook dinner and you you were cooking something and like everybody was so excited and the candles were lit and the music was playing and it was so wonderful to come home but I think uh just that 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 as much as we can make the other spouse uh 
when they come home that they're welcomed, you know, and especially after a trip or, you know, a long day. So the question is for, for each one of us here is that what do you do or say to illustrate this love, to sort of act, act of service? But it's not just, again, it's not just to, uh, to say you're getting it done and checking off the list and I'm this great kind of husband, but it's really to awaken, awaken in, the, in your spouse and your beloved uh, an experience of like uh, of belonging, like that longing that when we come before in, in God, as as Genesis one twenty seven was talking about with in John Paul II's theology of the body, when we're in the presence of truth, goodness, and beauty, it awakens in us something, and that we really feel connected. It's a it's an it's an awe inspiring thing because it illustrates how we're just designed. We're not just meant to be. Uh, on the sideline, um, watching life pass by, but we are really kind of being drawn into a fullness of life that for most of us only happens in the uh, beautiful gift of the sacrament of matrimony. And I I think, you know, for those of us who've married a decade or more or a few decades, I think sometimes like when when I was first listening to Greg and Julie and first I said, wait, you know, are they, are they talking to people who are struggling in their marriage? And I was like, no, they're, they're all the experience that they have learned from decades of working with couples in marriages that are, are really uh, struggling, um, they learned kind of what not to do, right? Both in their own experience and then with the couples that they worked with. And the list that they shared, you know, how can I serve you, the, the top 10 emotional needs, it's, it's really a powerful list. But everything on that list is about being close, being connected, uh, nearness and friendship, really belonging, right? And so... Um, it's not necessarily a matter of checking off on your spouse's list, you know, check, 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 you know, they feel loved in this way. Um, but that it's, it's honoring the wedding vows. The wedding vows is to love, honor, and cherish. Correct. You know, and it's uh, what Greg and Julie are, are getting at in, in this is they want us to see and reflect upon um, in our own personal life. How are we, um, what are the symptoms, basically, was the word that they use, symptoms of a served heart mm. compared to a heart that's been uh, hardened. And it's interesting, you can't just be a, uh, in, a, in a relationship and in marriage. It's hard to, um, to, to, to live a life where it's just sort of a mediocre heart, where <laughs> you're not somehow engaged in, uh, in the battle. I remember here in late, early on when I was, I think before we were married, someone said, uh, uh, single people are sad and married people are mad. And I, they were like, you have to kind of choose what is your, uh, what's better for you. Are you, uh, you going to do better being angry or are you going to do better being sad and productive? And I said, oh, I think I'd rather be angry. No, but He told me this when we were dating. Yeah, anyway. but it's, uh, it was kind of interesting because it's sort of, it, 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 relationships really uh, pull you out of yourself and you have yes. to kind of decide what to do with those emotions. But it's good to see. So what... In your own life, and own life, what are the symptoms of a served heart? And he said, the symptoms of a served heart would be, obviously, feeling accepted, affection, appreciation, approval, attention, as Mary was talked about. Also, doing things that you can for, be forgiving. You can uh, receive forgiveness. You can kind of love. You understand how to be present. I mean, you know how to do even just hard things, like, you know, when you're really tired and you don't really sleep well, which seems to happen often <laughs> with, when children are around or just... Uh, you know, you, 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 you kind of, something inside of you just sort of awakens that makes you get up and, and do the right thing more than you would have done if you were just on your own. I think, you know, a lot of us, you know, we get um, married later in life today. You know, there, there is, you might, most people are close to 30 when they get married. And so you really do have, you know, decades of kind of being 
someone more kind of focused on what you need and what, you know, you, there isn't, you, you haven't, you don't have a vow to love, honor, and cherish anyone. So you, you're not in the habit of that. And so, you know, most of us have been single longer than we've been married. And we always say, you know, single person habits, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, every time Ryan and I will be like, hey, what was up with that? And be like, oh, single person habits, you know? And so to really try to identify in your marriage, what are those single person habits, you know, that, that we need to kind of steer away from? Because again, it's not good to be alone. And, um, you know, when, when we're dropping our kids off for school in the morning, uh, I always say to the kids, you know, hey, you know, uh, be, a, be a man or be a girl for others. You know, be, be someone who, who puts Jesus and others first. And you will always have a better day at the end of the day. And, and that's, we just hear that from couples who have a, a, just a really, really happy marriage. So, you know, one of, the, one of the key things is that, you know, I, I, at the end of the day, uh, was I living today for myself or for others? And as we sort of coming to uh, kind of a, a high point in the sort of conversation, I want to go back to an original um, thought that I think came out of this uh, reflection from Julie and Greg. And it's sort of that um, in, in the garden that in John Paul II really talks about this uh, so well in this uh, audience he had in um, early October 1979, he talks about how in the garden... A man found himself before God looking for his identity. And he went and he, he immediately began to search. And something that is, we, we discern, uh, and we're here in Winnesota, particularly in this sort of be light, this marriage enrichment, mystagogia series, is moving um, us all being moved from a state of kind of wandering, which I think many people enter relationships in. They, mm-hmm. they go in thinking that maybe marriage or this friendship or this relationship is going to be one thing um, and not really sure because they hadn't really seen too much of it. I think that's a big thing we see oftentimes young people not seeing, but moving. But he, John Paul II says, but immediately when Adam found himself before God um, and by extension Eve who came later, that they were immediately searching. It, they, they somehow they were searching for who they were. It, some, it, it awakened in them um, a need to, to not just be complacent, but to sort of be more. And I, I, when we were talking about that sort of, uh, per, you know, just trying to discern uh, after watching Greg and Julie's video and just kind of really discerning what to share with, uh, with everyone this month, there's that when, when Ryan mentioned that, I said, wow, that is, that's just, that's so powerful because like being in the presence of, of something good or true or beautiful, like just awakens something in you, um, like, like a, a longing for more. Like th- I'm thinking of the quote right now Saint, from St. Saint Augustine, you know, God, you created uh, our, our hearts for you and we're restless until we rest in you. Like we were created for more. And I, I think that that's one of the things that the most, I think, cha- is a challenge or a frustration in, in the world today is that it, it just seems as we look around that so many people have forgotten that they're created for more. They, they, they're sort of out of touch with that longing in their heart. And, and maybe we need more good, uh, true and beautiful in the world today. But I think, I mean, that's really what the point is, right? The point of being a, being a witness and, and letting your light shine. And um, uh, we, were, <laughs> we were, I was showing Ryan this awesome video yesterday. Can I share this? Yeah, um, great video. Uh, there's a, one of our favorite little restaurants here. It's a, a local restaurant in, uh, in Row Bridge. It's called a Cafe Sydney May. And it's just it's a great place to go for lunch or brunch. And when Ryan and I go on dates, that's usually the first place where it's, it's close. It's always good. It's, just, it's always just right. And they had yesterday morning, so, so it was a sun, a Sunday, and they had their Sunday brunch. And uh, this awesome uh, 
a preacher got up and he was just preaching about like, you know, just that we were here to, to, to love each other. And he was uh, uh, singing this little light of mine in a uh, Saints football jersey at the top of his lungs in the restaurant. <laughs> and the whole restaurant just burst into song. And so um, it, it, it was just so beautiful because you just don't really see that. But just the Everybody was loving it. Everybody was smiling. People were singing along. Adults in a restaurant on a Sunday morning singing this little light of mine. And I just, I kind of thought to myself, I wonder how many of those people, you know, you know, who, who maybe went to church on Sunday and maybe who didn't, uh, who had been away for a while. Um, and, and if you've been away from church for a while, like the church needs you. The church needs your light because we, we're all together, kind of the light of the world. And and when you're not a part of the church, that light is just a little bit less bright. It's a little dimmer. And so uh, just encourage you to, to, to feed your light, um, reading scripture, praying with your spouse, uh, serving others, serving your spouse, ma- making time for prayer in the morning. But just to think about, so how, how can you serve your spouse? Uh, but also, how, what, what does your heart need? Uh, what do you, what does your soul need? Maybe it's going to confession. Um, maybe it's having an, an honest conversation with your spouse. Um, maybe it's having an honest conversation with God. But um, whatever it is that's kind of that, that roadblock uh, in your life right now, uh, if, you, if your heart is feeling a little hard, you know, what, what can you do and what can you ask God for? And, and that's a prayer that God will never, uh, God doesn't ignore our prayers, but that is a prayer God will always uh, hear and respond to. You know, God, you know, my, my heart is feeling hard. Um, my, my marriage is struggling, you know, God, God, can you help? You know, is it me? Uh, how, how can I, you know, t- turn this around? And uh, God, God will hear, hear that prayer. So we're, we, you know, we're praying for each of you. Uh, we ask you to pray for us. And uh, we, we want your light to continue to shine. And uh, Ryan, any, uh, any parting? parting uh... Yeah, I just think that we've been kind of reflecting a lot upon recently the, uh, the, our energy level. This there's a point to me saying this. But there's a there's a a lot of us are always kind of we're concerned about our health and our mm-hmm. energy, and there's a lot of things kind of pulling our attention. If there's anything in your life, anything in your relationships, anything in your marriage that is draining the energy out of your marriage, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't mean kids. I meant um, I meant just sort of just distractions. Sometimes just social distractions it could be media, it could just be uh, the news. whatever it is. Just yeah, there's so much out there, and like this. Like marriage is strange. This the situation or this example in this restaurant here in a hometown. It really stands out, you know. But just the other day, I was in um, Victoria, Texas, and uh, uh, connecting with folks in the diocese there and, and doing a little info session for for parishes. And I went to Starbucks to get a, a coffee. And I don't usually go to Starbucks all the time because it's a great, obviously, good coffee, but uh, a little expensive sometimes. But it, I was I walked in and. Uh, and I was just so, uh, like, it was so interesting. Everybody was kind of standing so far apart and with masks on. And, you know, obviously, this is the time we are living in. Um, but uh, nobody was talking. And, you know, it was just... And then I went to the this uh, session at the, at the diocese with all of these great couples. And, you know, it was people were, were happy to see you. And then it just... I just wanted to kind of... To, I say that because there are environments that we place ourselves in relationships that can be really draining. Mm-hmm. And you need to know what those are. Mm-hmm. As, as Greg and Julie were saying, there are, there are things that awaken in you a servant's heart, but there's also, there's also things that you can do that harden your heart. And I think that's what Greg and Julie were saying is that you taking some time 
to have a conversation with your beloved tonight during this date, this this date night, this opportunity to connect in this podcast to really just talk about that and to talk about what allows you to belong to each other uh, and to to awaken a desire to be more uh, in your marriage at this time. And uh, maybe a, a way to, to start doing that is something that uh, we try to do, not always perfectly, but a lot of times on Sunday afternoons, uh, we know a lot of great couples that do this. On Sunday afternoons, just kind of share, you know, what's, what's on your heart, what's, what's coming up for the week. Uh, but how, as Greg and Julie say, how can you bear each other's burdens? How can you come alongside and, and help with a problem or a struggle? And the same thing with, again, with your kids, kind of listen to them, hey, what, you know, what, what do you have coming up this week? Is there anything you're concerned about? Is there anything you need help with? But this, you know, just to have a conversation as a couple, as a family, you know, what's on your plate this week and how can I help? And, and just building on those conversations little by little and just having a commitment to that, um, that can change your marriage, that can change your family, that can change your life. Um, but to really just to connect, to have at least 20 minutes, an hour, once a week to just connect, kind of looking back, looking forward, and, and to put the whole week uh, in, in God's hands. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> <laughs> We're looking forward to being with you next time. God bless. God bless you. This little light of mine. Thanks for joining the Witness to Love podcast today. You can learn more about our tools to support God's beautiful vision for your marriage at witnesstolove.org. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'd love to connect with you. Share how you and your spouse are being a witness to love in our world by using Witness to Love Movement hashtag on social media, and you'll have a chance to be featured in our stories. Always remember your marriage is called to be a light in the world. We'll see you next month. May God bless your marriage. I'm gonna let it shine This little light of mine I'm gonna let it shine Let it shine